Hey, what's up all you freaks and geeks out there? It's your host, Nicholas Ridiculous, a.k.a. Nick Ridick, a.k.a. The Hairless Hyena. What the fuck is up? Uh, we start this episode a little different. I'm uh, just on my nicotine break at work, but for some reason, you know, when you're at the day job, where you're not really using all your mental capacities and your brain at all really you're just kind of monotonous a part of a machine that doesn't seem to care either way so my mind just um it just like goes back into this little bunker and just grinds ideas and inspirations and I I gotta keep a little notepad beside me now just to kind of write down and manage all the things that kind of fly through the highway of my mind, you know? And, uh, you know, I'm, um... So, where are we at? Basically, just been working a lot on creative projects. Had a crazy, crazy mushroom trip this past weekend for a friend's birthday down by the water and it was just uh, I'll do a recording and probably put it and just save it for the next contact high episode just so we keep things kind of you know consistently aligned and whatnot. and then I also because I mentioned in a past episode I was speaking at a, an event an annual annual general meeting for um, this company called Wood Green Community Services where I have been working as a youth advocate, helping to create a free-to-be program, a housing-first initiative for youths leaving systemic lives. And I also have been bringing my Creative Connection um, art-based workshops that I've been facilitating with Vibe Arts. I did my first one through there, Scrap Packs. And, um, you know, it went all right. The... uh, The whole outline of the program is to kind of, through creative endeavors and artistic um, projects, we hope to just reinvigorate the sense of autonomy in youths exiting the foster care and child welfare and any kind of oppressive system or systemic life and help just regain and reclaim power through just the building of self, self-worth and confidence and stuff like that. And the first one I did, it, it went good. You know, it was, um, it's hard because the age and the time that a lot of the people, like the phase that they're at in their life, is just it's not the easiest thing to have consistency or whatever. So I can understand like the numbers weren't always where they should have been in attendance. But it it doesn't matter to me, you know, as long as someone shows up or someone gets something out of what I'm trying to get across, you know, it it works out. 
I could have timed it better, you know, the inconsistencies made it hard for anyone to really finish the project at the end of the six weeks. But, you know, I made sure everyone knew where they were going, like what direction to lead in. They could finish the projects on their own time and I supplied them with, you know, whatever minor materials they may need to just kind of sit down and get those last kind of stitches done. It was, it was a good experience though overall and um, I just can't wait to get back into it and do more because that was probably the first time I'd ever actually, you know, enjoyed what I was doing for money, you know? It was, um, it felt like a crime almost to just come out of working and feel better than I had when I started. It was just a, a trip and kind of a, a little peek into how quote-unquote normal people live, you know, the people who just have that feeling all the time and just that's their default mode. And it, it must be nice, you know, I'll admit it. But I guess it's all about just working to get there. But I guess that's all just leads back to self-worth, self-value, and confidence, and what you got in life leads to what you think you deserve, and it's just uh, a lot of it is just an upbringing and nurturing over nature, really. Because I almost, you know, you just have this feeling of just undeservingness, like, why should I deserve to be happier, feel more than, you know? It's a, it's a weird thing, but it's, it's a process of building it up, building yourself up and continuing to push yourself to do things that are even though they're going to make you internally feel like you don't belong or you shouldn't be doing it or that it's something you're not allowed or undeserving of you have to kind of suppress all of that mental conditioning against yourself and just move past it and go and do it but it can be hard because you're so you're so unused to dealing with that much raw emotion because you've just been suppressing, you've been forced to suppress it and just not really taught how to process it in any proper way. So then when you do have moments of just pure emotion, it can almost feel like a drug in itself where you're just overtaken by it in so many ways. Just, 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 just overtaken by it in so, so, so many ways. That you just, you feel, you don't feel human. You, it's, it's a, like one time I did an art show for myself just because we were moving out of this house and all this other stuff, the Drunken Castles Galleria. And by the end of the night, I was, I was a little tipsy, whatever. But I remember I, w- 
had so much emotion and I had so much, I was so proud of myself. And I had all these feelings inside me that I just, I couldn't totally decipher. So I ended up just like erupting, ripped my shirt off, threw a plate at a wall, and then just went to bed. It was like a quick just... It was just like... Because it was just such a flash and flood of overwhelming pride, happiness, and then sadness at the fact that I didn't really know how to handle or deal with it, which always just turns to a bit of anger. Because it's always easier to just jump to being angry rather than deciphering what's actually bothering you or causing you issues. 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 But back to what I was saying earlier about that event I spoke at. So I spoke at that event. I'm gonna get my friend and colleague Eric to send me um, send me a recording he did, and I'm gonna insert it in this episode so you guys can hear. It's not the best, you know. I was super nervous, just like exposing myself like that and public speaking and just the content of what I was saying. It was just very uh, from the heart. So it's. It was hard, like, I, I just was so nervous. I had to pee the whole time. I couldn't get my breath right. It's like when I go to record a verse and I just rush myself instead of just allowing the time to properly prepare. And it's, um... And it's funny, because it's just like almost becoming a trend to talk about these things or want to talk about them but at the same time no one still wants to talk about it because there's this pressing feeling of like it's tragic shit it's sad stories it's not it's not totally happy-go-lucky all the time or really any of the time unless you distinctly look hard enough for those tiny fragments of joy and happiness that might exist in these stories so it's just that tragic overtone of the whole topic that kind of 
drives people from wanting to talk about it, but we need to talk about it. So it's this odd middle ground we're at where everyone who's experienced it and lived through it, they're just reaching out to the public to say, hey, there's a lot that's not talked about because the systems in power only want to talk about the good outcomes and the positive things and everything, they're, the good they're trying to do and the good they're going to do, but they over overcast the things that aren't good that they're doing or the things they say that are going to do good, but actually the outcomes are far from what they'd hope or expect. Because that's the thing, when it's all just theories and people talking about classroom bullshit, it's very far removed from some child's actual life that's being affected by the ways they go about handling their business and the practices, things that implicate in the way they describe themselves and the way they operate in the world. Because they're not going to tell you all the bad stuff because why would they? Why would they turn you off? Or why would they make why would they color themselves in any kind of light that's um, not gonna it's not gonna show off their best features I guess we could say so it's this strange thing because even when talking about it there's this overbearing sense of powerlessness because when you come from the system and you try and talk about the system, you had your power stripped away long ago by them and they never bothered to give it back. So you're on this lifelong quest to, to regain your personal power and independence. But at the same time, you have no power to actually change the issues that affected you negatively as you've tried to grow up. And I feel like that's a big... A big, a big moniker in this conversation, even when you're having it with people not in the system and people who are pretty unaware of it, is you're throwing a bunch of sad, tragic bullshit at them. And what are they going to do about it? What can they do about it? So it's almost like a self-preservation to not so much acknowledge, but just to kind of remain ignorant of your own powerlessness within our society because yeah you'll hear all these things we all hear all these things and we've grown so complacent to it where we hear about tragic shit that's happening all the time to people people that are being forced into situations in their lives that no one should ever be forced into but because we're not directly affected by it we have no direct experience with it we shrug it off to preserve our own sanity and and outlook on the world but it's getting to a point now where our own personal powerless, powerlessness in our day to day lives is turning us on each other there's such there's been such a thirst and hunger for power that's been created by governments and oppressive systems and even just people in high standings in society. Are you alright? 
John, it's late. Honey, I was beginning to worry about you. If you hurry home, we can sit down and have dinner together. I'm making a stew. Something's wrong. She's never this nice. John? Where are you? Where the hell is the goddamn dog barking? Hey! Shut up, you worthless piece of shit! The dog's really barking. But you're gonna tell the kid to get rid of that fucking mutt. John, honey, it's late. Please don't make me worry. Can I already be there? Honey, are you okay? I'm right here. I'm fine. Are you sure? Are you sure you're alright? What's the dog's name? Max. Hey, Janelle. What's wrong with Wolfie? I can hear him barking. Is he okay? Wolfie's fine, honey. Wolfie's just fine. Where are you? That people are just tearing at each other to to just pull away any sense of power in their life. It's just like we're just hurting each other because we have all these, this anger and these feelings and all this stuff that we can't direct or implement change to the systems or operating overseers to make any real change. Like we can't, we can't, we can't put it to them because they don't fucking care. They don't care about what everyone thinks or all the opinions so we bottle that up inside ourselves we fucking put a, put a little rag in it light it up and we throw it at each other and we watch each other burn for our own amusement and it's just it sucks and it's all just cyclical and it echoes issues with a lot of things in the world right now where we're all just so convinced of our own lives and we all just matter so little that we just want to matter so much and it's a weird it's a weird fucking place to be in because the people or the systems that truly need the attention to change it's just it's just fallen to the wayside almost to everyone's own personal egos or missions of self-realization and significance so I that's just you know I'm just I just tell it how I see it you know and um what I see on the daily is people flexing power that doesn't really exist on each other and just kind of creating a cycle of one bad apple spoils the bunch, so to say, whereas one person is just a self-serving egomaniac operating in society. And because of that, 
it is almost like an echo or a ripple effect where someone has to look only inward so then everyone around them can only look inward because no one's caring about anyone else so they have to care for themselves and it's just it's tragic but it's the way of the world right now and maybe it'll change maybe it won't maybe we'll just become so subdued that it'll just be you know smoothed over into the pb and j of life whereas if you look at somewhere like hong kong their humanity has reawakened in a way that I don't think anyone could have predicted because now they're fighting for themselves against their government like one person got shot by the police over there and the whole like they're riding for four months four or five months now one person got shot by the police they weren't having it it's a fucking uproar over there we fucking sit here and watch people getting shot by the cops on our phones weekly, monthly, daily, whatever. And we just, our powerlessness kicks in, you know. What are we going to do about it? Nothing. And nothing's going to get done. So, I don't know. If you, want, if you want an example of true power, I guess, true raw human spirit uprising, look to Hong Kong because they're probably one of the leading examples right now of people taking back their autonomy and reclaiming their power and doing what they can to make the changes that they seem necessary or that they deem necessary. But, you know, what can you do? We're just too comfortable over here in our discomfort and discontent, so. When you find comfort in that, I guess all hope is lost, right? Anyways, here's, um, here's my little, my little speakums, my, my Korea speakums I did at the Wood Green Community Services Annual General Meeting, and I'll be back after with whatever the fuck else, so. Enjoy. I'm a veteran of the child welfare industry. I have been a part of the Youth Advisory Council, helping to build the foundation of the Free to Be program. More recently, I've been creating and facilitating creative workshops with intentions to build self-worth, independent validation, and the reclamation of power and autonomy. It isn't easy, the world these days. It seems more and more the phrase, divide and conquer, rings truer every day. We live in the age of the divided and the conquered. Lives are dictated by behemoth systems that have stood much longer than any of us. They stand like grand overtures of ancient times, an homage built of metal, praising the Almighty, reminding reminding us what was, still is. But as we look closer, we cannot help but see the rust beginning to show. Systems like the child welfare industry have operated as they do, existing like boogeymen to those they deem less fortunate, or hailing from the wrong side of the tracks. Oftentimes, even, the cycle is generational. Disenfranchised youth of the system get locked into a stasis of shattered innocence and stagnant development, putting a target on their back to the very systems that plague them to begin with. They cause issues, overlook fixing them, then penalize you for having them. 
doing to your kids what was done to you, and thusly the cycle continues. And the gap between the few rich and many poor only seems to grow each day, further perpetuating a machine that rides on the backs of the helpless. That helplessness, though, is a learned trait, forcibly put into situations where your power is torn away and never given back. As a veteran of this system, I'm standing here to tell you it is time to give the power back. Just as I have taken up this mantle, all of you have also. And in doing so, we must admit that it is hard. There is a fundamental issue where the true extent of the way these systems affect youth is overlooked because of the damage and lasting effects it can have on a developing mind are major. So it is time for the healing of that damage to be major even more so. With the work I have been helping with in Free to Be program, we are building pathways of healing and independence to help youth trying to grow up, be more stable in their footing, and take strides with confidence and security. We aim to stop generational inheritance through empowerment. To grow up in the child welfare industry means to not be raised, to not be loved, and at the end of the day to feel so far from human that you convince yourself you are undeserving of a life or happiness. Because growing up in a simulation of what life should be for a child is very far removed from what life could be for a child. All these missions for toxic positivity and professional validation do not help any of that life seem more real. It is connection, confidence, and a feeling of worthiness that will help and that is our focus with the Free to Move program. It is time to unchain the baby elephants because they're not babies anymore. see the system and where we're at and what mm, how we can maybe help fix the damage that we can I guess it was it was a cool opportunity and um opportunity <laughs> and I'm looking forward to see you know what kind of work we can do moving forward I'm hoping to kind of get more into that lane rather than my mundane kind of day job like I'd rather do something more along the lines of that for, for like income and all that shit and just kind of just do something more than you know just put stuff on t-shirts or whatever like my I was, I've been thinking about this a lot lately like my ultimate goal because, like, I can see how all these, like, systems and um, organizations and people and places like that, that um, it's almost all becoming a trend to kind of, and I, it's a good trend to have, I guess, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, sometimes it's not, because it's not always the right people. Like, I've probably said it before, like, many things, I repeat myself, but... um there's just too many, like all these people uh, trying to 
give up, make all this change and give all this help. There's usually people who are more like, it's all theories and they're just people who wanted to help people that, you know, they think need it with things they learned in school and, you know, it's all just like theories and lectures and textbooks and whatnot. But now we've lived with them long enough where there's enough people who have actually lived through all of the chaos and bullshit and drama of it all who have more of an understanding. So, you know, maybe it's not one, maybe it's not the other, but maybe it's both together, the coupling of the two, the partnership. It's like in, um, if you've ever seen the show Heroes from way back in the day, not way back, but, you know, the earlier days of primetime television, it was a great show about people with powers, you know. And um, there's an agency who goes after the people with powers for whatever reason. And But the the people who work for the agency, they're, they're like teams of two. And it's always one, nor- like one human and then one fucking person with powers or whatever. I forget what they're called. But it was always like one and the other. So there was more of a dual understanding of the two you know like, i don't know why we have all this um single-minded kind of single perspective outlook on helping people who have been oppressed and you know just don't feel as valued in society as most people so all that to say i guess um all i'll just say is that's how it should be. That's how I. Sh- that's how I see it. It should be because I feel like the the help would be there a lot better, and it would be a lot longer lasting and just m- more depth. Sorry, I think I hear people talking upstairs. Um. But my ultimate goal, really, like I would love to, j- just like transform a bus, like a school bus or something, maybe like solar panel it out just kind of transform into a more of a sustainable ride and then get the insides and create like a living space slash like studio and then just drive around do tours around canada and mainly focusing on like underserved communities and stuff like that and just kind of try and bring some spark of creativity and you know just self-building through just after-school art programs you know call it whatever Uh, the name would mean a lot to me so i'm not just gonna rattle something off the top of my head right now but um (laughs) but um But that that's that's that 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 would be like my my dream right now. Just you know, me maybe one other person because I don't got my license. Let's be honest. But oh, I'd get it. I'd get it. I'd get it. For this, I would for sure. And just tour around, and you know, just and even just to like just to break away from the mundanity of life and what it can become what it has kind of become and what it has become like you probably hear those people upstairs I don't know if you can I 
will know when I do the playback and editing. And if you can, those are the relatives of my landlord. And a week ago, today is, my recording has been all whacked out. My spacing of this podcast has been all whacked out. I just haven't been on the ball with it, but it is, what's the date? November 4th. So, I'm just, uh, October, October 26th, last Saturday. I had those, like, my landlord came down to get his laundry because the laundry machines were in my apartment. <clears throat> and he came down. And we had, like, this, like, like, I was, like, cooking when he came down. And then we, he just said something. And we ended up talking and conversating. And just, like, we had this really long, in-depth conversation about our lives and our lives and our experiences and our past and our outlooks and just across all these different things, like this really long, like maybe an hour to two hour long conversation, just like, tell me about his religion and like these cool stories and just, just a really raw human conversation. And he even like, he even told me about like his past tenants and like how like, and how like messy they were and how like I'm, probably like one of his favorite tenancies have to date and like all this stuff and he even said like I could stay I could stay for as long as I needed and I was like man that's dope because I'd like just moved around my bed and my computer desk and like actually like solved the feng shui of the room kind of thing like finally like f- five six months later and like he said that and then I was like f- settling mentally I was like allowing myself I was like hey man Hunker down, this might be, you know, this might be home for a while. A roof collapsed at a supermarket in France. Soccer bopper, soccer bopper, more fun than... Swim so free, heaven above and sea below, and a little white whale on the go, two, three, four, baby beluga. And then I get home today to these people here, off in the distance, and they call me up to tell me that my landlord had died the Sunday after we had that long conversation died at the gym last week and they're here from like um, some region in Africa I believe to like settle his estate and stuff like that and so I'm just like slipping in and out of like shock fight or flight because it's just wash reliving it all washing over me because like all that to say like basically i have to I have 60 days to find a new place to live and move out so it's just like that funny life thing where you're um, mentally in one place or allow yourself to mentally go one place finally 
and, you know, settle down just for it all to fucking... <laughs> I shouldn't laugh because it's a man's life and it's super shitty. Like, I'm not... I love the guy. He was a great guy. So much spirit and just, like... Just so happy and, like, very religious and just... But not, like you know, all up in your face with it. Like, it was just, like, something that actually he, he himself adored and it made him so content and complete in life. It was, like, it was just beautiful. But at the same time, it's, like, <laughs> all right, life. Another one, huh? This time, a man's life, though? God damn. But it's, like, why is it you know, it's like literally every time you allow yourself one thing, life, you know, pulls the proverbial rug out from under your proverbial feet. And you take a hard fall in reality. Like so hard. I've been like spinning out for the last hour. So I decided to sit down and record the rest of this fucking episode finally. So I can fucking edit it and get it out. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. So now it's the rat race to find a place to live. And do this whole thing all over again. And uh, I'm not excited. I'm trying to be, I really am, but like, after this last move, you know, I was like, find a place and settle for a while, just like, just to allow myself, you know, to, to do it, but you just don't really have control over some situations. I guess, <laughs> as we've talked about many times over many different topics in our past episodes. So, I guess all that to say, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm lost. And um, I was having a bit of a hard time before. And then this kind of just, like, it's like, depending on what things are like happening in your life depends on like how much or what level you can actually live at and like i was like working towards the next level of like self improvement of like getting more routine built in like just a bit more structure to life my life, day-to-day -day shit, and just trying to improve small minor things that have been, you know, I've let slip for a while, like bones and back and bullshit, but 
when you have like certain like I don't know I don't know how, I don't know how people do it um, some people just maybe they just live in that like a certain level that's just where they always been so that's where they'll always be but like it takes so much fucking work just to get to a place where you start looking to better things and then it all kind of just gets fucking retracted, redacted, and whited out. Like, <laughs> you gotta laugh, you know? It's, ugh, it's honestly just fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> what else you do. Because it's just so funny, like, the timing is like perfection. It's just a well-orchestrated fucking joke. Like all of it. It's so fucking funny. Like how? Oh, man. But what can you do? And so I just want to say all this to say, I guess, thanks for stopping by to the Hurt Circus. I've been your host, Nicholas Ridiculous. And yeah, this one's been not the best, but who's our best probably isn't that high of a bar right now. Anyways, um, I work harder on the scheduling and stuff like that. It's just... Recording is one daunting thing, and then editing is one daunting thing, and then all of the other stuff is it's other daunting things. It's on top of other things and things. But anyways, if you want to check out any of my other work, tip nicholasridiculous.ca, underbellysociety.com, uh, at nicholasridiculous on Instagram, and that's like a spiderweb to all my other art Instagrams and whatever whatever tickles your fancy um you can hit up uh we just dropped another album with Dimebag Crew we got two albums out now one more to go for this month and just Dimebag Crew on any uh music streaming platforms whatever you use you can get a physical copy at amazon.ca if you like CDs and that weird shit But, yeah, and, you know, if <laughs> I know it goes without saying at this point, but <laughs> do a favor for me. Watch you step out there, because life's a goddamn trip. Shit. Peace. Like, uh, you know, mental disturbances. And she was taken away.